Hello there. You're listening to Linda Penizzato here at the Hayes FM in the city of Mississauga. And interesting, I've got to hit on subjects relating to our election because right now we're looking for a new mayor. And many of you, if you're having difficulty trying to decide who to vote for and you're not taking the time to do some research, I'm giving it out to you. So today I've got Steve Mahoney, a candidate for the uh, position of mayor for the city of Mississauga. And Steve, uh, you know, we've spoken so much <laughs> Tell the audience, you've got to tell them, because this is an important issue. I'm sure that at the forefront, everybody's thinking about affordable housing. Right. Well, And I, I know your past history, you've got a lot of input being involved with, uh, you know, everything to do with affordable housing in the past, so Well, I was, uh, I was president of uh, Peel Nonprofit Housing. Uh, some people refer that to that as government housing. But uh, we used to have programs where all three levels of government participated, and you would have a split of 50-50 in the occupant. So 50% would be getting a, a subsidy. The other 50% would pay market rent. Nobody knew who was getting the subsidies or who was paying market unless they disclosed it. And so you had a better mix. And that program really worked well. But it was killed. I was killed, frankly, by Mike Harris when he was elected premier. And uh, I would like to look at how we can revive something along those lines to get both uh, senior levels of government involved. We have a nine-year waiting list in the region appeal for for a single mom to get an affordable housing unit. I mean, I just think that's unacceptable. You know, you you can judge your society on a lot of things. How you take care of your seniors is obviously how you respect them is important. But how you take care of our most vulnerable citizens and give them an opportunity, not a handout, but a hand up, a way to provide an affordable home uh, for a, for a single mom and her kids. I uh, was the uh, minister federally under Prime Minister Chrétien for Canada Mortgage and Housing, and I penned a, uh, a paper uh, that was entitled, It All Begins with an Address. And the concept of that was that when, when little uh, uh, Johnny or Susie or, or uh, Mohammed go to school, the first question that they're asked in the schoolyard is, hi, where do you live? And sometimes they have to say, I live at the Y, or I live in some kind of a, a hostel. Uh, I don't really have a home. This is uh, something that denigrates uh, the individual. And I think when they have a home where they can take their friends to after school, uh, when they can go home to a home-cooked meal from mom, that kind of thing, it helps build more character. And I think it leads to better education. It leads to better health care. It all begins with an address. CMHC actually put that on the title of their annual report the year that I was the minister because they believe that very strongly. So I'm committed to that concept that I think we have to try to shrink that waiting list. It doesn't mean that you go around building government housing all over the place. Uh, affordable rental apartments, for example. I think there's a lot of seniors who would be quite happy to sell their homes and go and rent an apartment rather than even buy a condo or invest in another home. But, you know, the inventory of good quality rental uh, apartments is very low in our city. So I think we need to address it both from a private sector and a public sector perspective uh, to see how we can get back on track to providing affordable housing so that these, these kids can grow up in dignity, so that the seniors can retire in dignity and not have to pay all their money money out uh, in mortgage fees and condo fees. Well, you mentioned condo fees. I mean, that's so true to my heart uh, because I'm the founder of the Condo Owners Association. You know, and even even nowadays, because of maintenance fees, condominiums, 
even though you may get in and pay off your $200,000 condo. If your maintenance fees are $900 a month, it's already kicking you out for affordable housing sure. because it's becoming too expensive between your your mortgages, your taxes, you know, plus your maintenance fees. Some of these condominiums are running way beyond even what natural apartment buildings are running for. So I think, you know, with your wealth of experience, Steve, honestly, I'd, I'd love to see an opening there to maybe try to take a look at all of the sectors. So we already have, you know, the second suites because that was under the McGinty ruling and the second suites came in. So a lot of people, don't you find, is they're afraid of those. Like they, they're like, we don't mind to see second suites in a house, but we don't want those people living next door to us. Well, because get, there's four families living in the house. Yeah, you will get that. But I think you know, the issue, the issues in Mississauga, they have to be licensed now. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and so it was know, a benefit. Right. And the right. issue, the issues uh, are things like parking. That's always a problem with too, mm-hmm. too many vehicles. And then you go on the street and you're in a fire route or whatever. Access uh, out of the uh, of the second suite uh, from a safety perspective. For safety, of course. Uh, has to be addressed. Uh, proper smoke alarms, things of that nature needs to be. So uh, there is a place for them. It's a reality, and, and but I do understand that uh, people don't want to see their neighborhood turn into rooming houses. And well, I that's where you're, you see, this is what's great because you understand the issue, the, right. like you understand what's going on right now. So that's something that's just so important that I want the public to know about you because you see, the thing is, is that you have it, okay? If you have the um, experience of understanding affordable housing, there's different sectors of it. Right. There's, you know, there's affordable housing for people that have a very good income, right? And they live within their means of their income or whatever it is that they do. Mm-hmm. Affordable is also for people that, you know, still live, but they don't make as high of an income. They just, you know, they live in toned down circumstances, mm-hmm. right? So they still have a home, but then you've got the other ones that need subsidized housing, To create affordability. So do you see, like, a lot of times people get messed up with the word affordable housing. Like, I know in real estate, I get it because, you know, I'll get those statements coming back to me and they'll say, well, geez, you know, government housing, affordable housing, I don't want that in my back door. For instance, on uh, Chartrand over there and Loyalist in Air Mills, for instance, I remember when they put those up, you know, and they were dictated in accordance with the person's incomes. So some people paid more, some people paid less. Right. But the the picture makes it sound, well, affordable housing, all of a sudden people that uh, maybe are making a better income or have a better living circumstances look down at that as being a slum situation that could be existing in their area. But it isn't the case. That's what I'm trying to get out there. It isn't the case. I've seen properties where the tenants look after properties beautifully and the homeowner, <laughs> yeah. the place is a mess. I don't want to take my shoes off. Well, I I, I would I always invite people to drive north uh, from Cooksville up Highway 10. And as you go under the bridge, uh, you'll come up and you will see an apartment building on the left side and one on the right side. And I always ask people, tell me which one is Peel Nonprofit Housing or Peel Living, I know as which it's ones. called today, yes. and which one is private sector. They invariably pick the wrong one. The one that is run by Peel Living is beautifully landscaped and maintained. Uh, they don't have clothes hanging off the balconies, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's a very attractive building. The other one is private sector rental and uh, at the lower end of the scale, and it generally needs a cleanup. People, you know, do tend to put these things in little boxes, and, and that's wrong. 
Now, that's not to say that there aren't some problems. In, in uh, Ridgeway and Erin Mills, uh, there's a complex that was, uh, that, that was built some years ago where the police tend to be called in there an awful lot of the yeah. time. That's a Peel Living project. But then I can take you to Sheridan Mall where there are also problems, and that's a private sector okay. project. So uh, what, what we have tried to do, what, actually my, my wife represents both of those areas, and she's worked with those communities to, to try to take back the street, if you will, uh, and to help. The, and she's got some real great success stories uh, working with the people. When kids are left to sit around, they don't have leadership, they're not involved in sports, they're not involved in dance, they don't have any extracurricular activities, you know, they're going to get into trouble. Uh, we need mm-hmm. to have those kinds of programs for our young people and not put them in some kind of a box to say, you're poor, therefore you're bad. Because I'll tell you, there's a lot of people come out of such circumstances to become great leaders in our community. And I don't want to, uh, I don't want to demonize anybody just because they're from a, a broken family or, or they have some difficulties in life or maybe they've got some health problems. Uh, we need to help our most vulnerable citizens as much as we possibly can, give them a hand up, not a handout, let them be a success and get ahead in life. Providing a proper housing, affordable housing, is the, probably the most important thing uh, because then uh, they can have the money that, that they would pay have to pay for housing to buy proper food, etc., and then maybe not have to rely on food banks, uh, which can be a real tragedy. Let me just tell you very briefly one story. At but a you food- know what, though, Steve, I have to say, like you, you've hit it. You see, you've just touched on something that we don't always receive from any candidates, any politicians, so direct and upfront about. You see, you know, because these are questions that come in people's minds, but they're also questions that people will not comfortably put on the table. Mm-hmm. Would you not agree? No, I do they're agree. They're not. And then not only that, a lot of times politicians may avoid those kind of things because they're thinking, okay, fine. But knowing what's going on, knowing what areas, so on, that's the beginning of, of moving forward. Because if you, you know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, it's not, it's like Folkway, okay? And I know which one you're talking about. Many, many years ago, when in 19, in the early 80s, we couldn't even put financing on Folkway. We couldn't put it on Bromsgrove. The mortgages, the mortgage companies would not insure mortgages in those areas only because of it slowly got cleaned up and then the mortgage company stepped in and said, okay, fine. I had listings in those areas. I had a real problem. I couldn't get them sold. The really good thing is, is moving forward to, to address affordable housing and understand why we need it. And no, it's not a bad thing. I mean, heck, you want a shocker? I'll give you a shocker. Guess where I grew up? Where? I grew up in Jane and Finch. Oh my. You got it. So <laughs> I can speak right from the from the base of this. I yeah. mean, I was very, you know, unfortunately my mom came from Germany. I'm German background and my mom came from Germany in 1951. Raised me and my brother, my brother and I as a single parent. We had nothing. Yeah. Uh we lived in a little tiny bachelor apartment over a store and when she finally got approved to go into government housing, which was at 15 Tobamori Drive at Jane and Finch, she was delighted, and we lived in 2106 hmm. condo. She hated heights, always hated going out on the balcony, hated it. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> and yes, absolutely. I, I actually lived there till I was 18 years old, and, I, and then I got married when I was 18. So you talk about growing up fast. Yeah. You know, so, and I'm proud of, of all of it funny enough, because I understand how difficult it is for people. And when I think that if our audience understands that you understand what needs to be addressed, 
you know, when they're going to the polls, they need to keep that in their minds. Well, you've obviously come a long way. Yeah. So, uh, and your background, uh, you see, I think the key thing is my youngest is in the NHL. He plays for the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. There you go. Wow. <laughs> long. Yeah. It's been, but you know what? Dedication, per- perseverance, yeah. a lot of confidence, you know, meeting good people. Surround well, yourself with good people. No, it's absolutely right. But yes. one of, one of the things that I've uh, I think benefited from in my career is that I've met uh, people who have had these challenges, and I've been in their homes, and I even spent time uh, in uh, refugee camps in Africa in the desert. Saw two hundred thousand people, many most of them women and children who had lived there for ten years, and the terrible, terrible life uh, that they lead. And you know, these are life changing events when you meet people like this. And I was part of an interview of a woman who, whose husband had been shot in the middle of the night and she was taken to prison and gang raped and then released oh, with her man. three little kids and she wanted to come to Canada. And I sat through the interview process and the officer at the end of the interview said, without need of a translator, we're going to approve your visa to go to Canada. The woman broke down in tears. She was crying. I was crying. Oh, he was crying. I, you're going to get me crying. No, no, it was remarkable. <laughs> that's, that's so, amazing. so these these three little kids came with their mom. With the government lent them seven thousand dollars, and I said to pay for the cost. I said, "Will we get that money back?" And the officer said, "Absolutely, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, we get that money back with interest." We got this woman a job in Western Canada. Uh, this was many years ago, and I'm sure her kids are now in university or working and contributing to society. We just want to close our mind around the world to these kinds of problems. I we guess can't. we can do that, but that we would can't. be wrong. And we have similar types of situations right here in our own community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have an old saying, don't let your bleeding heart run away with your bloody head. I, I like un- that. I understand, <laughs> I understand that there has to be some economic justification that we don't want to be building towers in people's backyards. It's, now, it's no longer called NIMBY, it's called banana. Banana is you can't build anything near anybody nor anything. Okay. Perfect. But the reality is that, that we have opportunities on our main traffic routes in our, in our undeveloped areas where we can build some housing that will be affordable, private sector rental affordable, public sector nonprofit housing affordable, a good mix of, of uh, people paying market rent and people getting a hand up instead of a handout. I just think it's the right thing to do, and I'm not afraid to talk about it. And I can see that, and I love it. I think it's wonderful. I have to thank you so much, Steve. I mean, we've hit on so many different topics today. I think that our audience will get a very clear picture of what you're all about. Your Even your experiences out of country have uh, definitely been a tremendous benefit for you in your whole campaigns, I mean, through the years of all the political action that you've been involved in and your family. And uh, by the way, a BTW to the listeners out there, yes. I, Linda Pinizzato, think it's a tremendous benefit when families are involved together, whether it be politics or sports or whatever it is, because that's what I'm all about. So I totally endorse that, Steve. Uh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Linda. It's been thank great you. fun. I've enjoyed it. I have, too. I really have. So if anyone has any questions, uh, they can contact. Do you want to give some contact information? Sure. They, they can, can call me at uh, 416-302-1801. Or they can better send me an email at smahoney at stevemahoney.ca. 
Excellent. And you can also go on Steve's website at votemahoney.ca. Think about it. I think that Mr. Mahoney brings a tremendous amount of wealth of experience and knowledge, perseverance, passion, compelling. Certainly would be an excellent, is an excellent candidate as the uh, mayor of Mississauga. I hope everybody is enjoying this wonderful weather out there. It's been absolutely fantastic. Everybody, we'll talk to you next time. Have a wonderful day. Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com Hello there, you're listening to Linda Pinizzato at the Hayes FM here in Mississauga. You know, today has been just a fascinating time of learning so much of what's going on out there. And that's what the condo expert is all about. I'll hit so many different issues. You'll notice them on iTunes and on podcast. Reporting here from the Hayes FN, you have been listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. Now, also remember, register yourself. If you're a condo owner or a condo buyer, register at www.coaontario.com. And also, if you've got questions, whether they're real estate related or condominium or property values, this and that, you know, I wouldn't have the uh, information I have had I not had the experience that I've received, and I certainly wouldn't have been able to start the Condo Owners Association without having this kind of a background. So contact me at Linda Pinizzato, P-I-N-I-Z-Z-O-T-T-O at C-O-A-Ontario.com or Linda at LindaPinizzato.com. Until the next time, have a fantastic day, and thank you so much for tuning in. Oh. My computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, uh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com.